Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. Times get tougher even if they don't. Today is uh, August 24th, 2020. This is episode 2717, and I'm calling it the digital version of walking to freedom. Now look, I'm going to start out right out of the gate. I know that I have a, a, a significant portion of this audience. He's like, I just don't use social media and I don't care about it. Okay, then this show's not for you. Turn it off, listen tomorrow. But I'm not just going to talk about social media. I'm also going to talk about technologies like the browser that you're using and and maybe where you get your information from and things like that. So maybe it will be for you. I don't know. I think the philosophy we're going to talk about today is really for everybody. I know some people are like, is this a survival topic? Basically, this is where I've gotten to with people that ask me if this is a survival topic. You know what? The whole show is not about survival. Go somewhere else. I know I sound like a dick when I say that, but I, I'm serious. Like, You know what a survival topic is? Anything that allows you to live a better life if times get tougher, even if they don't, which is the entire crux the show's been built on since 2008. In the words of Bob Seger, we're still the same. We haven't changed. Maybe you have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to come out of the gate this ramped up, but I just... I already know what I'm going to get. Anyway, you waste our time. Then don't listen to shows with subjects that you're not interested in. Let's. But if you are, if you want to know the future of uh, social media with TSP, at least where I'm involved, then you want to listen to today's show. If you want to hear about ways that you can communicate with friends and family and build relationships and share information without being censored and without having everything that you, re you do reported to the government, then you might want to check this out. I think to turn away from what we generically refer to as social media in 2020, it's kind of like saying, I'm just going to turn away from the cell phone in 1995. You're, you're, you're only kidding yourself. This is the number one way that people engage with each other on, in the world today. It really is. And there's way too much power in it. And I'm also going to tell you, like, some people have already told me, man, I, I, I can't leave Facebook even though I hate it because... I'm going to give you one specific example and what that person can do to not give up what they get, but not give them anything. I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff like that today. What I want to start out with, though, is I want to look at this like a relationship. And, and because of that, I have uh, a really great quote for you from a guy named Steve Marbali. He said, letting go means to come to the realization that some people are part of your history but not part of your destiny. Letting go means to come to the realization that some people are part of your history, but not your destiny. I think that's really valuable when you're dealing with people in your life that might be toxic, or maybe it's just time for you guys to be elsewhere from each other. Whether that be a romantic relationship, whether that be a friendship, whether that be a business partnership, there are times when two people grow apart. Sometimes it's pretty nasty the way it happens, and sometimes it just is what it is. And... There are times when you just need to, even if it's difficult, even if it's not what you would have preferred to have happened, to separate yourself from somebody. So I'm just going to ask you a question. What if Facebook or Twitter was like a romantic partner? And they exhibited, like, you tell me what you would think about someone, let's say a woman. It's a little easier for us to visualize for some reason when the woman's the victim. It just is. 
But you got a woman, and this is what she says about her boyfriend. Her boyfriend controls who she can talk to and when she can talk to them. Some people, it just doesn't, like if, they, if some people try to, to, to put something out for her to see, he just makes sure she does not see it. Or if she puts out information for them to see, he makes sure they don't see it. It prioritizes who her friends that are able to ex exchange information with her are. And it limits how many friends she could say she really wants to talk to. And then sometimes even one of her friends they say she can talk to tells her something and the boyfriend says, no, that's dangerous for you, honey. You don't need to see this and takes it away. And if she puts out information to her friends, if she tries to tell her friends something that, he, that the boyfriend doesn't like, he says, no, you can't do that. And he makes a record of everything that she does and keeps it somewhere. And he takes some things that she holds really important like, let's say, really treasured memories and photographs and work that she's done in the past. He puts them all in the box and says, you know, if you keep doing these things I don't like, I'm going to put this box in a fire and set it on fire and burn it. You're never going to get it back. By the way, you can leave anytime you want to. Remember, I'm doing this for you. The reason I don't want you to hear what Tom had to say, Tom was giving you dangerous misinformation. No one can do for you what I can do for you. You're free to leave if you want to, but you know, no one will love you the way that I do. I mean, really, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, technomorphizing. Like you, you say, if you make animals into people, you call it anamorphizing. We say techno technologically morphizing uh, a platform to a little bit more to people than they are, but it's not far off, is it? Isn't it exactly what Facebook and Twitter and these other um, entities do? Let me explain to you guys that haven't heard yet or haven't seen yet. Well, I'm, I'm done with Facebook. I'm never the, – the only thing I will do with Facebook is I'll occasionally drop in to get some of that data that they haven't deleted on me yet in case I need it, like some of my pictures and some of the things I've written in the past. I might look it up so I can use it somewhere else or to make a post that says, hey, I'm not here anymore. I'm over here, 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 and here. Bye. That's it. Like with Twitter, at least I am still – Every day when I publish posts, I'm going share to Twitter, boom, and then I'm done. I don't go there. I don't look at anything. I don't read anything. I don't answer anybody. But it's so simple to do, and Twitter's transgressions have been a little bit less. That as long as I'm not contributing to the platform, I'll still take traffic. I won't even take traffic from Facebook, and this is why. Last week, I did a post, a couple weeks ago, I did a post about the COVID silver bullet um, doctor. The guy that says, I have this inhaled cortical steroid, I use it with my patients, and here's my reasoning. COVID is a condition that makes it hard for people to breathe. I didn't know what to treat them with. I wasn't comfortable to say, just go home and drink water until you get sicker and go to the hospital. So I asked myself as a doctor that's been doing this for 30 years, when you have a patient that can't breathe, what do you do? And the answer is, I give them this medicine, and it works, and it's safe, and that's, that's basically what this interview said. I, I've been using this. And it works, and I've used it with over 200 patients, and none of them have ended up in the hospital. And it seems like it works really brilliantly, and other doctors are trying it, and they're getting good results, and I haven't heard any doctors who have gotten back to me and said, hey, doc, this doesn't work. That was, that was pretty much the whole video. That was pretty much it. So, you know, a couple weeks after I posted it, I got a thing in my Facebook that said they were threatening to suspend my account, but I chose not to, because everybody makes mistakes. But then I had posted dangerous misinformation. And I was like, okay, I've been to Facebook jail. I'll go to Facebook jail again. I, I don't care. But then, because I posted that in our Facebook group, 
which is like 9,000 people. They threatened that if we had more posts like that, they would close the whole group. They would just delete our Facebook group. And I went and did a live video on Facebook saying that, hey, we needed to be thinking about this, and we probably needed to get ahead of this, because sooner or later they're going to ban us. When they make that threat to you, like you know people in the group are going to post shit like this because we want to talk about it. And there was nothing wrong with what I posted. Let me say it one more time. There's nothing wrong with what I posted. Nothing about it was dangerous misinformation. Saying that a board-certified physician who went to four years of college, then four years of medical school, then did a year of internship, then did friggin' seven years of residency in his specialty to, be, to become a licensed practicing board-certified physician to say that his medical opinion is misinformation, is misinformation. And when I really thought about it and I started explaining myself to everybody, I had basically a mental shutdown, and I'm like, you know what, bye, I'm done. It was a little bit more um, eh, four-letter word colorful than that. And then I went out and I did a video that I'll link to from the show notes um, on YouTube. It's a little bit more safe for work. I'm not going to say the F-bomb doesn't appear in it at all, but it's... It's just enough because it's where it's called for. But what I what I realized when they made that threat is, okay, so thousands of you guys got into that group because you listened to or follow TSP one way or another. Like there's over, like I said, there's over 9,000 people in that group. And, and maybe if you're lucky, a 1,000 of them are just random people from Facebook that don't really know the show that found the group because it was about modern survival and joined it. Mostly those people don't stick around because it really is a discussion-centric around what we talk about here on the podcast. And in that group, thousands of you guys have shared information. You've posted pictures. You've posted recipes. You've posted resources. And that now is a resource where if somebody has a question about something and think, I know I saw something about this before in the group, they can go in that group and search that group, and they can find it, and they can use it. It's a resource we built. Zuckerberg and his, 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 his shitbag liberal idiots did not build this. We built this. And because somebody posted an article they don't like, they'll take it away. That's what I said. That's, that's the boyfriend in the relationship that's taken a lot of the things that are really important to the girlfriend and put them in a box and said, well, you can look at them whenever you want to, but they're mine. I get to keep them. You put them in my box. I get to, And if you do things bad enough that I don't like, I will take the box and I will throw it in the fire and I will burn all of this up. I hope you made copies because if you didn't, gone. That's exactly what they were doing, but they weren't doing it to me. They were doing it to you. They were doing it to every single person that ever did any amount of effort to help anybody else in that group learn anything. And I realized like, we built these other groups too, where Gen Ag has well over 20,000 members in it. My page that has over 100,000 uh, followers is shadow banned and has been for years because they don't like what I say. You don't have a, you don't have a, a, a page with over 100,000 followers on it, and six years later have a page with about the same number of followers on it, unless it's shadow banned. You don't have a page with that many followers, you put out a piece of content and 300 people see it, unless it's shadow banned. And the same kind of shit's been going on with Twitter and, and whatever, but I am not doing any middle ground with Facebook because of the threat they made to take away a resource that I believe has value, and I believe it's time to recreate elsewhere. And I'm not going to take it away. I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to delete my account. I'm not going to take away anything from anybody. But I will be damned if I will contribute one more speck 
of effort to something that is not designed to serve me. It's not designed to serve me. And I'll talk a little bit more about what these people actually do, but I want to go through some of the platforms and technologies that you can use and what I like and dislike about them, being honestly. Number one, I've jumped on in the last few weeks, Parler. If you love Facebook and that's what you want, you're probably not going to like Parler. It's not there's anything wrong with it. It's just it isn't like Facebook. Facebook is divided into your individual feed and your contacts and their feeds, and it's divided into groups and into pages. And it's designed to be kind of a holistic, all-in-one solution. You can, If you want to type 5,000 words of shit, you can do it. Um, you can put up big videos, small videos, whatever you want. But it's you know if you use Facebook, you know how it's laid out. If you use Twitter, you get on Parler and you go, oh, I know how to use this. It's, it's very similar to a Twitter clone, though I think it has a few additional features that are really nice, like allowing up to a thousand characters. I think that's really nice versus the 200-ish that, that you know Twitter allows. I think it allows for better communication. Um, I like that Parler shows you everybody that you follow. And I had somebody, several somebody's recently said, but you know, um, if, if I see everybody I follow, that's an awful lot of information. First of all, it's not that much. You just think that it is because you're not used to having freedom. But if you're following somebody, doesn't that mean you want to see what they post? And if somebody posts shit all the time that you're not interested in seeing, then unfollow them. That's how Twitter works. Except Twitter decides who you get to see. I've had people say, I don't think you're shadow banned. I've seen your Twitter account. And then like, Charles the Humble Mechanics like ain't seen a TSP tweet and, since 2015. And when I came out about that, tons of people said that, yeah, I haven't seen anything. I didn't even know you were active on Twitter anymore. Didn't even know. Gee, I went to your profile. Holy shit, you post stuff here every day. Hadn't seen nothing. So I liked that Parler and the, all these texts, as far as I know, let you see everything. And I think that's great. Um, what I have not liked about Parler, the thing I've not liked about them the most, is one, there's some bugginess on the platform. A lot of times you post a link and it won't display Right, it just shows a. It works, but it just shows a link. It doesn't show like a preview right or anything like that. It's some technical problems they're working on. Um, I love that they have a verification process where once you're verified, you can direct message people. And if you're not direct, if you're not verified, you can't direct message people. And that requires an ID. Eh. You know, at least I know that the person that's direct messaging me is really Stefan Molyneux. You know, that's, that, since I've got on Parlor, I've already been on Stefan's podcast. He's got a huge podcast. It was really helpful to me. I didn't think somebody was pulling my leg. I'm trying to get on Joe Rogan's show. Joe Rogan has a verified account. At least I know I'm trying to talk to Joe Rogan, not some ass clown pretending to be Joe Rogan. I, I like that. What I don't like about Parlor, the number one thing I don't like about Parlor is that when you set up an account and you have all your stuff there, it can't be seen by the public. That was... Like, guys, really, like, I'm putting all this juicy content on your site. I want it to be visible. I'm a marketer. I'm not someone trying to hide behind, you know, encrypted emails. I want people to see what I'm doing. Well, the other thing I love about Parler, they're actively engaging with their user base. And they have reached out to me directly on the platform. We're, we are going to do exactly what you said. You know all those bugs you're always bitching us about that we answer? I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, I do. I appreciate you guys acknowledging them. We're going to fix that shit before we open it up publicly. 
basically they're like in a in, in an alpha beta mode right now, you know, where they're they're like they figure if you signed up to use the platform and you want to use the platform, you'll kind of deal with that better than someone that just happens by and looks at it from the outside that'll say, then I'm not going to join because hey, look at this crappy display or something like that, whatever bugs going on. So I, I love that. Parlor's great for short snippet communication and direct information sharing. We are using hashtag TSP friends to find each other, and that's great, but we don't have groups on Parlor. Right? It's, it's not that type of platform, and that's kind of the difference there, but I really like it. Another platform that I've started using recently is much more for individuals and groups, but it's a text platform. It's called Telegram. Um, I'm basically telling all my contacts and all my friends that you want to text me. If you want to text me, you need to get the Telegram app and then add me as a contact in Telegram. And they're like, why? I'm like, because Apple and Google and Android and all of those people have said that they help the government monitor your information. Now, I know what some people are going to say. Well, how do we know people like Parler and uh, Telegram? It's not really a trap, and they're backdoor setting us up and still sharing our information. We don't know. We don't know. I'm not going to pretend we know something we don't know. We do know that Apple is sharing our information. We do know that Facebook is sharing our information. We do know that Twitter is sharing our information with the government because they've all said they do. So I'd rather take the shot at the company that says that they don't. Now, what I, here's some things I love about Telegram. One, it works exactly like the text messaging that you're used to with a few more functions. But once you install it, you know what to do. Your grandma can install it and start using it immediately as soon as she figures out, oh, I have to add people to it. Right? I mean, you have to be able to connect with people, right? So your friends and family have to get on Telegram, and then you have to connect with them. That's, that's the only additional step. I love that you can have Telegram groups that are really small or really big. Like we have an Unloose the Goose uh, Telegram list that is for just the hosts of the show, where we do a lot of planning and stuff like that. Right? So we have that. Then we have an Unloose the Goose one that's public and open. Everybody has like 300 members now where you guys can connect with each other and talk to each other. But it's in a text message format, which means unlike something like a Facebook or even like a Parler or a Twitter, you don't have like all these trunctuated broke down. You have like one giant train of information. So if you haven't been there in a while and you show up, you can kind of go back a little bit and see recent conversation, but the old stuff kind of gets lost. Think of it like going to a bar, though. You talk to the people who are there. And there's a, but in this case, there's a record of what was there. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Telegram is end-to-end -end encrypted, meaning that unless you're on the inside, you don't get to see what's on, what's on the inside. So your message that you send to your Grammy, right, or to your best friend, or to the guy you're buying some bootleg mead from, is end-to-end -end encrypted. It goes in the way you type it, it gets encrypted, it goes to the other end, it gets decrypted at the other end. In the middle, it's garbledygook if you don't have a decryption key for it. Am I going to say it's 100,000% effective? I don't know. I haven't been able to find any credible claims that it isn't, though. And it's certainly better than what Google or Android offers you. It's certainly better than Facebook Messenger, when Facebook flat out says we work with the government and provide information to the government on our users. And to our advertisers, by the way. So it's, to me, it's just a better way to do text message. And it has some cool little features like the groups features. 
You can even have like a Telegram channel that's more like a broadcast channel. So when people join it, they can't communicate back to you. It's a one-way channel. Administrator, owners, etc. can communicate out. So it's a broadcast channel. That's really cool for businesses with social media as well. It's kind of like a Twitter stream in a way. Except you don't waste, it's only for providing information. Now I can see where that could be highly useful in, in some way. So Telegram is, a, is an app I think everybody should be using. And again, I'm, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm not real flexible on that one right now. Like, I don't see why anybody's using Facebook Messenger other than I only know one way to get a hold of you and it's Facebook Messenger. Oh, by the way, while you're on Facebook Messenger, you should get Telegram. Here's a link. Look me up there. I'll talk to you there. Because here's an example of something that, that I just heard of from a friend. It was over for the weekend. A mutual friend had cut a business deal with somebody that he had connected with through Facebook. That mutual friend got his Facebook shut down. The only connection they had was Facebook Messenger, and now they can't reach each other. That's just one example. And that's the boyfriend saying, I don't want you talking to him. Telegram for messaging. Next up, for a Facebook replacement, we've been using for several years now, and I've been in and out on it, is MeWe. I'm going to come out right out and say, I don't know what it is about MeWe. I like it, but I don't love it. But we have some pretty solid community going on in MeWe already. We really do. Um, and that's nice. We have a survival podcast group, and you know it has a, a really good base number of members, something like 3,200 members. Um, I will say one thing about MeWe. There's so many people that got into MeWe, set up an account, played with it, and kind of went, nah, I don't know, and, and just don't go back, that your numbers can be misleading. I have a, a crap load of followers, and since my, uh, my mental shutdown on Friday on Facebook Live, it's, it's, it's grown considerably um, by about 800 uh, new contacts. I'm just approving two right now as I speak. Um, but total, I've got over 3,000 contacts on MeWe. But I, I can tell you that when I do a post on MeWe, it doesn't mean anywhere near 3,000 people see it. I mean, a lot of people see it, but it's it's nowhere near that level. Um, MeWe tends to also, it's really easy to deal with, but has a significant amount of things you don't want to see. Porn and you know, tit pics and stuff like that. Maybe you do, but I mean, like, it'll show up in places you really, like, why is this here? Um, that said, it's really easy to just block somebody. And MeWe's whole attitude is, unless what they're, it's like, unless they're like planning to blow up the World Trade Center or something, um, we don't really care. We don't really care what they do. Um, if you don't want to see them, then block them so that you won't see them. That's all you got to do there. Um, MeWe has a great group feature, and it has messaging by groups. So you have a direct messenger by groups. They promise not to share or sell your information. Um, there's no advertising on the platform. I'm not saying there will, never will be. They do some, some premium upgrades and all on, on how to pay the bills and all. There's just something about it that just seems to keep it from really taking off. And I think part of it is the same problem I had with Parlor, but as far as I know, MeWe has no desire to change, and that is that they're not a public-facing platform. There will be a link today in the show notes for all of my presences on all these platforms. And if you click on Jack on MeWe, you'll get to a page that will say, Join MeWe. 
you will not get to my page. At least Parler, you'll kind of see it's me. And if I put a link to a post I do on Parler, you'll be able to see that one post. Just do that display real nice. But you can at least read what it says without being a member. MeWe, if you want to see anything, you have to be a member. And then it's not real clear, even though it's easy, when you do a post, whether it's for friends only or it's for everybody to see public. I did a whole video years ago on how to change posts like that and how to set all your defaults and all. Um, but it, it le I think it leads to some frustration because people put out a post and other people like it and they can't share it. I, I don't know what it is. It's like MeWe has everything it should have and it just it, it has an inherent weakness. I am on it. I am committed to trying to make it work. I believe any platform is what we make out of it. But I have found another platform finally. I've been looking at Facebook alternatives for a while. And I just want to explain why I think this is important. Having a place where people can easily come together and have a group to discuss homesteading, I think, is incredibly valuable. And I know people are like, build your own platform. I'll, I'll say a little bit at the end about why I'm not going to do that. It's also though the case that if a platform isn't used, it's not useful. And that we don't just want us, we want to expand us. We want to be welcoming. In some places, maybe you want a closed-loop thing, and you can do that anyway. You can do that on Telegram, for God's sakes. If you want to just you and ten other people, which I think is a great idea, then that's probably the better way to do it. But if you want to find new people and build something and have momentum and movement, you need to be on a place where people can find things and discuss and easily use it. So this new platform that I found that I think so far is the closest thing functionally to Facebook that I've seen is called Gab. And I've heard the stories, Gab is nothing but a right-wing Nazi hellhole or something. I was a little bit of that opinion myself. I went on there today. Any of these platforms are going to have more people from the right than the left on them. Do you know why? The left is completely content with Facebook and Twitter. They censor the right. They don't censor the left. It's natural that people on the right are going to gravitate towards a new home. But, I mean, I've been on Gab now for a couple hours. I have like 60 followers already. And I've done a few posts. And, it, you know, the thing is, when I signed up for it, it works like Facebook. It's got a few more features and a few little things that are different. But overall, it work, if you can use Facebook, you can use Gab now. Right now, today, this minute, you don't have to do anything complicated. They also have a, a, a pro feature, like an upgrade, that was like two years of it was like 100 bucks. I went ahead and paid for it. They take Bitcoin. I love that they take Bitcoin. I, you know what? Any company that's willing to take Bitcoin, I'm willing to give them just a little bit more of a look to see whether I, I want to do business with them. You can have groups. I am going to set up something for TSP on Gap. I haven't gotten to it yet. I don't know that you can set up groups on Gab unless you're a pro member, which I think the minimum threshold on it is like a $60 annual membership. Um, my concern, they're disclosing this, but my concern for Gab is, you know, they're 100% funded by users. That's a good thing, unless you don't meet funding. So right now I'm looking at they have 42% of their expenses covered for the month. And they're asking, you know, if you want to, you can give them a donation. I think that's great, okay? But it also worries me that if you put a lot of effort into a platform like this and it doesn't take all, it doesn't work and they don't get enough money, it could go under. So that maybe would be the risk. But as far as the functionality, I'm going to 
do everything I publish from TSP and everything I publish, like memes, news stories, articles, I'm going to commit for the next couple months. I'm going to put them on Gab, I'm going to put them on Parler, and I'm going to put them on MeWe. And if it's TSP-related or if somebody thinks TSP would be interested in, I'll put it in the TSP group on MeWe. If it's Regen Ag, I'll put it in the Regen Ag group on MeWe. Right? I'm going to make the effort on both platforms, and I'm going to see what you guys do. I mean, in the end, a, a club is what we make of it, and if people just don't like the decor at MeWe or whatever it is, and it doesn't take off, then it doesn't take off. On the other hand, I have not been putting effort into it. So I'm going to put effort into it and see if maybe the problem is me or the lack of me at me, we, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have a, just from today only, and my opinion could change. Right now I have a better feeling about the long-term trajectory of Gab as a platform. I think it might end up being a really great platform. So I'm on both of those And you can come hang out with me there. Next up today, uh, Library TV. I've recently been talking about them a lot. LBRY.TV. So YouTube has been ruthless in taking down videos because, well, they don't agree with them. And, and COVID has just made this really, really obvious. They've been doing it for a long time. And I know people are always like, but there's DTube and there's BitChute and there's blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is what sold me on Library. Again, it's Library, but it's LBRY.TV. There's couple things. Number one, they have an import feature. I have been doing YouTube for 12 years. I have a huge channel of almost a thousand videos. Because I have enough followers, they were willing to import like a thousand of my videos. So when I set up my account, I had to set up a, it's like, it, it, if you're a producer, it is two separate steps. And you need to understand that. You set up your library account, and then you set up your import account, and you name a channel that you want to import to, the best thing to do, though, is don't, when you set up your library account, don't create your channel. Then set up your importer. That's where you get a channel, and it has to use the same email addresses on your library account. That's how it matches to you. And there's a few other steps in there, but once all your videos are imported, you claim the channel, and just like Magic, that channel's in your account because on library, you could have multiple channels. So a person like me, if I really wanted to, I could have a permaculture channel. And I could have a survival podcast channel. And not just, instead of a playlist, I can have an entire channel dedicated to a subject or a niche. That's nice. I don't know that I'll do it, but that's nice. This is the thing that really, like, I was like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. From now on, when I publish to YouTube, that same day, like magic farts through the wind, a copy of that video from YouTube goes to the library. So I have my videos put in two places by putting them in one place. And if I do a live video on YouTube, and I think I'm going to start doing more of that because I'm not doing live videos on face Facebook anymore because I'm not doing Facebook anymore. I'm not doing Facebook at all. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it, it, it's What they're doing is too much for me to be any part of it at all other than once in a while say, hey, I'm not here anymore. I'm over here. That's it. But if I do a live video on YouTube, It takes about a day when you do a live video for it to show up as a normal video on your channel. But then, like magic, it ends up on library. So as a producer, I can't see a reason why I wouldn't do library. The negative, there's one big negative as far as I'm concerned about library. They don't have encoding 
So whatever the best video level is that you put on YouTube, that's how it will import. So if it's 20, 720p, it's going to be 720p. So if you're doing 4K video on YouTube, and I don't know why you are, but if you are, it's going to be really hard for it to play well on library. Because library is a distributed service, right? It's decentralized. So I won't get into it, but just understand that, you know, it's that's a flaw, and I don't know that they're going to change that. They also don't have an embed feature, so you can't cut a little piece of JavaScript or, or HTML and drop it into another place and, ha and embed the video. But you can link to it on other social media platforms and things like that, and it works just fine. And if you, again, I don't see any reason if you're a, a content producer producing videos to leave YouTube, to, despite all of the shit that makes them horrible, right? Because you're just putting your videos there. So if you needed to use the embed code, you could just use it off of YouTube. And it's not two steps. It's not like now I have to upload it to both places. All I have to do is upload it to, to like, once I, like, again, once I saw that, I'm like, boom. They also have their own cryptocurrency, LBRY coin. Um, I have like 70 bucks worth of it. I didn't buy any. It's all from rewards and stuff. Now, I had a big presence, and I brought a bunch of content in, and, and I did an invite link, and I get credit for that. And there's like a limit to how many people you can get invite credits for. But if you're like a, a partner account, they'll waive that, and they'll let you keep getting credit. So, I mean, that's all been helpful. But I've gotten some tips and stuff like that, and like it's a cryptocurrency people are actually using on the platform that it was built for. And I, I think it's really cool. And it's not complicated. It's not one of these things where you have to do 72 different things You know, to, to, to get it to work, like Steam or something, where you're just frustrated with it. Like, you set up your account, shit, there's a wallet. The only thing I've seen difficult so far is buying some, if you want to buy some and then seed your wallet. Um, I, the first time I found out about it, I'm like, well, I'll go buy 50 bucks worth. That's a shitload, by the way, because it's like four cents a coin or so. It's cheap. Um, and I went to buy it in my Bittrex account, and it said that you could get it on Bittrex. And I, I couldn't find it in either the the USD market over there, which I don't use anyway, um, the Bitcoin market or the Ethereum market. So what I mean by that is Bittrex anyway, and many cryptocurrency exchanges work like they'll have a market. And if it's just a Bitcoin market, that means you can buy that currency with Bitcoin. And they'll have an Ethereum market, meaning you can buy that, you can exchange that currency for Ethereum. So if you have a lot of Ethereum and you want to buy a couple hundred bucks worth of some altcoin, you can take a couple hundred bucks of Ethereum and buy it. So it's Ethereum to whatever transfer. I could not find LBRY in Bitrix under the Bitcoin market. And if it's anywhere, it's going to be in the Bitcoin market, especially in altcoin. So I gave up and I just started to realize I'm getting plenty of library anyway, so I worry about it. And... Um, I was like, man, I, I would like to be able to tell people where they can sell it, buy it, you know, have liquidity. And then I went and checked Bittrex again, and it was there in the Bitcoin market. So it looks like you. I haven't tried to actually buy any or exchange any. Now, my other understanding is if you're a producer and you make a lot of money in library, that it's kind of a pain to get it out. Not because they make it hard, but because it's like each transaction individually must be moved or something like that. I'm not exactly sure how that works. I haven't tried yet. But if I end up with a couple thousand bucks, it might take me a couple hours to get, get it out of there if I want to put it in a different currency. It would be nice if library would make it where I can 
move it easily. Like, I just want to move all my money. And I don't know. And I'm trying to get the owner of that company on for an interview. He filled out the guest form, put no questions in. And this is a problem I run into with a lot of people. And it's, it's mind-numbing to me that people are obstinate about this. They don't want to put setup questions in the guest proposal. So when you submit a guest proposal to me, you're making a pitch to be on my show. Up and until I see that, I know nothing about you other than maybe a website. That's your pitch to me. So on one level, if I don't know you at all, it's really important because by looking at those questions, I know if I'm dealing with someone that wants to do an infomercial for a product, which they're not getting on, or someone that wants to contribute to, to the show. But the other side of it is with somebody like Library, which I'm very fond of and I would love to have him on, it makes sure that he knows what we're talking about and makes sure I know what to ask. And I don't know what Thaddeus Russell, where are you, Thaddeus? Come on, dude. Right, Thaddeus Russell, I've been told by all these people I want to be on the show. Yeah, here's a form, fill it out. I'll get to it. Send it back to him a couple weeks later. You, hey, well, I haven't done it yet, but I want to. I know what it is, dude. I, Pete, for some reason, if you're above a certain level, I shouldn't have to fill out those questions. I've even been told that. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb, 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 dumb. What you're getting the opportunity to do is set the conversation to a degree. It doesn't mean that's all we're going to talk about. But it makes sure I have, you know, eight highlights to make sure that I hit, that I talk to you about. And that way you don't get on the show and then we're like, oh, shit, I thought this. And, and I'm going to tell you guys, just so you know, sit aside here, how that happened. Many years ago, I met a gentleman who became like a brother to me. His name was Ron Hood. He's since passed away. The first time he was on this show, the conversational flow was incredibly natural, and we had a great discussion. The second time, everybody thought the same thing. But it was only because I did a lot of kind of backflips on my end to re-steer the conversation to what he wanted to talk about and I wanted to talk about, and we were friends. And we were very like-minded. And I made a decision right then. That would never happen again. That if it could happen with somebody like Ron, who I talked to almost daily by instant messenger, at the time anyway. It'd be spooky if I was talking to him now. Um, but if it could happen with Ron, then if I had somebody on the air who all I knew of was their name and their website, what they did, then it could definitely happen there. So the questions are designed so that the audience gets to hear what the guest wants to talk about. It's not for me. It's for you. So anybody out there that's listening that's ever submitted a guest form without questions and didn't hear back, that's why you didn't hear back. And your best buddy friend who runs a big company who you told to fill it out, who filled it out and said he didn't hear back, odds are that's why. That's why. You don't fill out the questions, you don't get on the air. Anyway, next up, I want to talk to you a little bit about browsers. If you're using Chrome, or if you're using Safari, or if for some reason you're using whatever the hell they call Internet Explorer now, I don't know anybody that does, um, you're using a browser to do everything you do online that is produced by a company that is publicly stated that they share your information with the federal government. You're, you're using a... Basically, you have to think of your browser like a phone that makes a call through a, a switching network. That's the best way to think about it for this example. And you're using one of those with a company that has publicly stated their willingness to share your data with your government. Now, if you want to, I, I highly doubt most people that listen to TSP are people are of the, the, the concept of, well, 
If you have nothing to, 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 to hide, you have nothing to fear. I think that, that when somebody says that, I know that you have been dumbed down by the system and I really can't help you. But I do think people might be like, look, like, I don't really agree with that, but like, I really don't care if the government knows that I looked at pictures of cats hanging from trees all day or something like that, saying, hang on, baby, or whatever. Because people really do feel that way. But my view is your behavior is not really about you as an individual 99% of the time. There is the old saying, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. So there are dossier, like digital dossiers on every American. On every American. And even if they're not assembled, they can be assembled in seconds because of the willingness of these companies to work with the government. So they could be used against you. But really what it's about is the government patterning behavior and thought to drill down the message that they give when they want to accomplish something, to be able to know precisely how to phrase something so the most people will accept it as true even though it's false, i.e. what I keep calling FNORDs, which is not my term, F-N-O-R-D, FNORD, disinformation in plain sight. They, the primary way that they're gaining the knowledge to know exactly how to phrase their FNORDs now is through the information that they're being given by their partners, Microsoft and Facebook and Google. And if you're using Chrome you're using the switching network of the organization that's told you they're doing this. Is it much better if you use Firefox? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. It's probably a little bit better. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I use private browsing on Firefox, or I use private browsing on Chrome. All, all that does is make it harder for your wife to know you were looking at porn. It doesn't do anything to prevent the site owner or the ISP or your employer or any... Oh, your employer. Yeah, yeah, he knows about your Lolita fetish, right? Okay, it doesn't prevent that. There is a browser that makes it very difficult for anybody to see where you were, how you got there, and what you're doing. When you're using that feature on it, and it is something you can toggle on and off, some websites may go slower and some websites may not work. But at least the options there if you want, and it's called Brave. And the network's called Tor. <gasps> the dark web. It's spooky and scary, and that's where all the bad people are. That's what they say about anything they don't want you to use. They they say that's what they that's why any alternative social media network that comes out is immediately branded crazy right wing Nazi white supremacist. Not because it is, but because they don't want you to use it. Tor is simply a way in which it makes it harder for people to see what you're doing, where you're going, and what you're searching for. There's also another, there's, there's a search engine that I think you should be using. It's called DuckDuckGo. And DuckDuckGo is like the libertarian answer to Google. It does most of what Google does, and it doesn't track your information or send it on to anybody else. And there is an extension... For if you're going to use um, Firefox, there's an extension for Firefox um, that works with DuckDuckGo to further protect your information. 
And once you install Firefox, you can just add this extension to Firefox. It's not hard to do. And as long as you start at DuckDuckGo, it makes it very difficult for anybody to see. It's not quite like going through Tor, but it's better than nothing. And so I would say, like, minimum you want to be using Firefox browser, and you'd be much better off using Brave. I use both. I use both, and, and here's why. I use a pa password manager that I've been using for years that doesn't work in Brave. So there's part of that. Some things I do just don't... Like, Brave's gotten better, and I, I'm actually going to start playing with it more and trying to get more of my functionality over to Brave. Brave uses cryptocurrency. They're called BAT, or Basic Attention Tokens. If you will agree to allow them to display ads to you, and they'll block other ads. They'll only display their ads. But you'll get paid to look at ads while you're browsing. Or not. In Basic Attention Tokens, the BAT system's a little bit complicated and it's not it's straight, like again I would love it if you could just send I don't understand why I can't just in Brave send my basic attention tokens to my Liberty Wallet I, I don't understand and maybe there's a way but I ain't been able to figure it out yet um, but if I could do that because I have a lot see the other thing is you can say that, like I'm going to put up $10 a month and I want it shared with all the sites that I visit that are on the Brave network And you can put a list of those sites. Like, here's here's 10 sites, and I'm going to buy $10 a month of basic attention tokens and distribute it to these 10 sites based on whose site I'm on the most. So if you're on my site, like, 1% of the time, then I would get, you know, a penny. But if you're on my site 50% of the time, I would get 5 bucks. You can also say, like, I want to just tip this site $10 and bat. And then as a site owner, I get that into what's called an uphold wallet, and I can convert it to Bitcoin or I can convert it to cash into a gift card. But what I can't do is just take the basic attention tokens out and send them to an off-chain off wallet. I don't understand why, but I can't. So they're, they're not perfect. But they do allow this value exchange between site owners and visitors, and it's not hard to do. And I just had somebody pay for MSB using basic attention tokens. They had it in their browser, and they really couldn't move it off-chain. But what they were able to do is tip the TSP site. And then that goes into my Uphold account, which I can get as Bitcoin. I'm fine with that. So it's, it's, it's a cool browser. It allows you with more protection, more privacy. It allows value exchange. And it, it recognizes that if advertising is going to be online, that the real value then lies in the person who consumes the advertising, not the person that produces it. So why, why when you're on face, Facebook and you see an ad for something and you click on it, Why shouldn't you get a reward for that? Because you're the value that Facebook's selling. You're the product. So I think what, what Brave is saying is we recognize that in the advertiser relationship, you of course you're the product. You didn't, pot, you didn't buy the browser. You can't be the customer. We can't maintain, build, and upgrade a browser for millions of people to use for free. There has to be a way that this all gets paid for. There has to be, there's, just like you wouldn't go to work if they didn't pay you, there's not the reason for our people to come to work. And what they've determined is, well, the best way to do this then, and by the way, Brave, Brave was built by, built by the man who invented JavaScript code. And I just think it's a better browser. I really recommend that you look at using it. Again, it's just Brave, B-R-A-V-E, you can look it up. Um, but Firefox, I mean, do not use Chrome. Do not use Safari, really. Um, I also want to say a little bit, I've been asked since this all started about encrypted email. 
I don't use encrypted email. I probably should. My problem with encrypted email is always a pain in the ass. Somebody sent me an email on ProtonMail. And you click on it, you go to read it, and it says enter the password. And there's no password. I, I, what am I going to set up a Proton? I, 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 I don't have time for that shit. Okay? I, I, I just, I run a business, and I don't have, t and if, if, if email's not encrypted on both ends, it may as well not be encrypted at all. Because when I send you an email, there's a copy of our conversation right up until that point in your email account. And if it's a Gmail account, then it's in Gmail. Now, what I do to protect myself, I run my own server. And I do not store my email on my server. I have an email client that pulls the email once a minute from my server. The long if somebody were able to hack into my email account, every minute whatever's there is gone. And gone. And gone. And gone. Now that doesn't mean they can't do anything with it, but they don't get everything. Like if you have a, a Google account, everything you haven't deleted, you have 10 years of email in there, everything's there when they get in. Every conversation you had with everybody. And I routinely change my email account password. So there's not much there at any given time. Again, that doesn't mean it's not got any vulnerabilities, but then I've got my own firewalls. I've got my own firewalls for my server. I've got my own firewalls for my, my home. That's a bit more advanced than we're going to get in today with how you do stuff like that. But I like the idea of like a proton mail. I really do. But it's a pain in the ass, and unless both people are willing, it's, it's kind of like a social platform in a way that unless your friends will come on there, you can't talk to your friends on there. Like, MeWe can be great, or Gab can be great, or Parlor can be great. But if you want to communicate with Bill, and Bill's not on it, and Bill won't do what's necessary to get on it, eh. So, my honest view is, I don't like using email services by people who have already said they share our data. So, at least find someone that says they don't. They might be lying, but at least find somebody that says they don't. And I, I do think there's a lot of value in running your own email server. And that doesn't have to be as complicated as you think, right? You can run like a virtual private server. You know, and I guess I should throw in real quick too, you can if you really want to protect yourself, one of the big things you can do is use a VPN when you're on online. That's another thing that you can do. And I'm just gonna say about VPNs, some of you'll know what to do with this and you're probably already doing it, and if you don't understand it, you probably aren't. <laughs> With a VPN, you can make your IP address show that you're just about any part of the world you want to be in. And some things that you can't do with crypto as an American, simply by using a VPN, you can. I'll leave it at that. Um, I have a question, though. When I've been talking about these new platforms, or these alternative platforms, Parler, Telegram, MeWe, Gab, etc., if you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter... And you call yourself a libertarian or an anarchist or whatever. Do you really mean what you say when you say it? And I'm not so much talking about just those platforms. But here's what, I, here's what it has me thinking of. You, the, a common dream among anarchists, libertarians, etc. is that we would have this place. You know, Ancapistan or something. Libertas is a place that I've named. Just, you know, maybe some 50 by 50 mile square of dirt somewhere that's like a neutral zone where we could go. 
And we could have our own economy and our own world and be left alone. And just let us be left alone there. Let us just be, just give us a place. And you can all, and, and when we come out of there, or if we do business outside of there, we'll deal with your bullshit. But can we just have a place where we can be left alone? You know? Can we just have like some, basically it's almost like an Indian reservation for libertarians, except we don't want all the bullshit that, that they do to the, the natives. Like, just literally mean it. Give us a place, and we'll go there. I don't think most people would. If you won't walk away from Twitter, are you really going to walk away from Pennsylvania? You see what I mean? Like, do you really mean that if there was a place where you could go live life your way, you would really go there? Because I'm going to tell you something that some of you are going to get mad at me about. And again, those of you that are hanging in with this one, but you don't really use social media, don't, don't, don't worry about some of the stuff I'm saying. Then. Just be like, that doesn't apply to me. But there's a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter specifically. You are not there because you're worried about seeing your Aunt Edna's pictures of your niece and nephew. The reason you won't walk, because your Aunt Edna can text those pictures to you. Right? She can email those pictures to you. The reason people get so addicted to Twitter and Facebook is, is specifically for how they're using you. You almost love the abuse because what they're doing, I talked earlier about how like on MeWe you can see everything that everybody posts, your boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't tell you what you're not allowed to see and filter your content, right? They are prioritizing the people you argue with. They're prioritizing the people you argue with. They're, they've gotten really quickly caught on to the fact that if you argue with somebody that a comment chain will go 20, 30, 40, 50 comments versus if you agree with somebody, that comment chain might go 10 and they're all different people and they're all like awesome. They want you to spend more time. Just why they, they put extra sugar and fat into the food so you'll eat more, they're putting extra conflict into your feed. That's what they're doing. And you don't want to leave because you actually are feeding off the conflict. You like to argue. You like to troll people. And I understand, but is it really what's best for your efforts? Like I think what's the best thing on Facebook that we've done is, honestly, the Regen Ag Group. There's been so much valuable information shared in that group. And, there's been, and it's, it's like the best run group we've ever had. And you know why? Because our big rule is you're not allowed to fight with each other. And you're not allowed to say bad shit about each other. And you're not allowed to put anything political in it. And the only problems we have are the people like, I'll do whatever, man. So if we figured that out, we can make this really happy place that actually accomplishes what it's supposed to for the users. Don't you think Twitter and Facebook figured out they can make this really miserable place that accomplishes what they want for them, you spending more time on the platform? That's what's really going on. And I just want to, you know, if you're a libertarian, an anarchist, an agorist, whatever, do you really mean when you say, if there was a place I could go where I could be left alone to work with people who are like-minded, I would go there? Because a lot of these other platforms offer exactly that. Because if you set up a group, you control who you let in it and who you throw out of it. See, I don't have a problem with somebody having a group on Facebook and says, we don't allow anybody to talk about COVID here. 
Or we don't allow anybody to talk about anything that disagrees with the WHO on COVID here in their group. I totally get that. You don't like it, don't be in that group. When the platform lies and says this information is dangerous misinformation, when it's the medical opinions of a board-certified physician, that is the, that is the abusive boyfriend telling his, his, his girlfriend, Honey, you don't need to see this. You don't need to talk to Bill. Bill's not good for you. That's what it is. You know, and I know people are also maybe at this point in this podcast going, does it all really matter? Will it, will it make any difference? I, I don't know if it'll make a difference in the world as a whole. I, I do know you are more like the people you're around. You become more like the people you associate with. And you do that in the real world and the virtual world. That's why they don't like influencers who get, create independent thought in people. That's why they try to shut down things that I do. That's why they purge people like Stefan Molyneux. I, I know some of you are like, ah, he's abusive, whatever. Then don't listen to him. Right? Don't listen to him. There's, I can take or leave him on any given day. And I'm sure many of you feel that way about me. That's fine. Right? I've never promised to not offend you. In fact, I came out very early on in my career and said, I will offend you at some point. I've said before, do not make me into a hero because I will break your heart. I am not your hero. I am not here to be your hero. I will say something one day that you'll really get hurt by if you try to make a hero out of me. Don't do it. Don't put that shit on me. I don't want that shit. I'm just a podcaster. I'm a guy with a microphone. But the things that I give you that actually matter, the things that you can actually, like you go, I want to take that into my life and do something with it, then do you take that and you leave as much behind as you want to. And so many people are doing that now. And they hate us for it. They hate me. They hate anybody like me. Even in a totally different world than me, they hate us. Because we're taking from them. Every time a person says, you know what, I'm going to get most of my news and information and education from podcasts that are not from freaking NPR. They're from independents who are truly independent. That's, that's lost. Does it make a difference? It makes a difference that when you do that. How many of you planted a garden at some point in your life that you weren't going to do it, but you did because of TSP? And then you put food on your table from your backyard. That makes a freaking difference. That matters. Posting a picture of Creepy Joe so that your brother-in-law won't vote for him, even though he's going to vote for him anywhere, that doesn't make a difference. Being constantly pushed back into conversations with people you want to fight with Versus being able to see the people you actually want to hear from, that doesn't make a difference. Except it it does make a it makes a negative just because it makes a difference doesn't mean it's good. It makes a negative difference. You know, the next thing people say, can you really trust a, par, a, a platform like Parler or Gab or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I do know I trust someone who says I won't do a thing that I don't want them to do at least a little bit more than a, a company that says, we absolutely will do this thing. In the end, you got to start looking at this like a bar room, man. You go to a bar, you hang out with people. If you don't like the environment, you go somewhere else. You don't become attached to it. And there's times when platforms evolve and things just change and there's better ways to do things. I remember a time when Yahoo email groups was the shit. I mean, they're... It was everything that people do on Facebook today that they did with the email list. And it was a lot better in some ways. It came to you. You read it. You replied when you wanted to. Everything was stored in an archive. You could go search it. 
It was completely run by the people that ran the group. I never heard of one getting shut down by Yahoo. But it just kind of faded out. People just really don't use it anymore. I'm sure a few people do, but it's just it just evolved. Platforms are going to evolve. The, the, the idea that you're going to stay on a platform for your entire life, that's dangerous as far as I'm concerned. There is a time to walk away. And I think when you're being abused by the person that supposedly is providing for you, that's the time to walk away. In the end, any platform is what users make of it. Again, think about going to a bar. You go to a bar, and you're like, this place sucks. Maybe it sucks on Wednesdays. Maybe it's better on Fridays. I don't know. You know what makes it? Because if it's a restaurant, well, you can say the food makes it. It's still a company, right? But if you think of it more like a bar, like a nightclub environment, like a hangout, they don't have to be like a place. Like, because I know if you're thinking that when you hear nightclub, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going because that environment sucks. But what makes it work regardless of environment, say the environment's pleasing to you, you're like me and it's a good old-fashioned sawdust-on-the-floor country bar or a good old 80s classic rock bar or something like that, whatever. It's the people. And usually people go to a bar with friends. And then if you meet some other people, that's great. That's social media. Why does anybody think that it's supposed to be any different? You know, like, are you really worried? Well, my, my aunt and my uncle and whatever, do you go to the bar with them? Do you really hang out with them? Or You see what I mean? So I have started on Parler so that people could find each other using the hashtag TSP Friends. Somebody clearly used TSP Fiends, <laughs> I think by mistake on Parler, because that is one of the hashtags that pop up now too. Um, but TSP Friends. And what I say is, okay, well, if you're on Parler and you see a post with TSP Friends in it, click TSP Friends. See who's posted that day, find new people posting cool shit, and follow them back. And you use it when you make posts, just so we can find each other. I am now going to put that hashtag in, I won't always remember to, but I'm going to put that hashtag in most posts on the three platforms I'm using now, which are MeWe, Parler, and Gab. I'm also going to start using some other hashtags, just for the hell of it, just for fun. But um, TSP Song of the Day. So what I've been doing on Facebook, and it won't be there anymore, is I take like a line out of the Song of the Day, and I put it up on Facebook with hashtag TSP Song of the Day. And that, sometimes people are trying to figure out what song it is, or they don't get it. This is kind of cool. But think about like being in a bar and having some sort of uh, an event going on. Like, you know, if a radio station does an event at a, at a country bar, they'll have like a little sign up over here, like the DJ's over here in the booth or whatever. So that we have this common idea. Or if every, if we like, let's say a bunch of us were going to go to a, a pretty big place, like a gun show, right? Gun show would be another way to look at this. Let's say we went to one of the Fort Worth gun shows. They're massive. Thousands of people at any given time. I mean, there, I've been to some gun shows like it's it's almost worse than going to the the bar at, an, at a, a nightclub trying to get to the table, right? Like you got to turn sideways. So what would we do? Well, one thing we might do is everybody wear a TSP shirt, right? And then you're like, oh, you're TSP, or you know, everybody wear I don't know a black cap or I don't know something that, that kind of like identifies. Hey, I'm with the group. Or at eleven o'clock. We're all going to be meeting, you know, up by the front first table. I'll be there, and then we can all get to know each other, and then we can kind of just go our own way, but we'll all know who's there. Think of hashtags. Instead of hashtags being something you use to try to make something trend, just think of it as a way to find each other. Because that's what this is all about. 
It's about finding each other. That's when people like they, they rag on social media. I'm like, you don't even understand what you're talking about. Yes, it can be very abusive. I can also go rob a store. I can rob a liquor store with a gun. Or I can defend a liquor store with a gun. It's In some ways, it's one of the most liberating things that's ever come to humanity. Because it allows us to exchange information and build relationships without being bound by our geography. It allows you to find people and realize, I am not alone. Another great hashtag, huh? You are not alone. It, it allows you to find people and actually have a dialogue and, and, and then you find some more of who you are. And then you get on with creating yourself. And if you think about it, the most liberating things ever given to humanity are always also used to enslave and oppress humanity. I mentioned a gun. Number one tool of the state is the gun. The most liberating thing that's ever been given to the common man is the right of self-defense and his own gun. That's why in spite of all the problems we have, people in this country are still more free than they are in most because we have a right to defend ourselves. And that's what I see social media like. It is incredibly liberating, and if it's used by the tech tyrants, which it is, it can be incredibly impressive. But, hey, TSP friends, make that your call out. Just use it. I don't care what platform you're on, even if it's one I'm not on. Start using it and find each other. Because we are what makes this. That's the whole point. Um, I have also I've been asked a lot. I'm surprised how many people have reached out to me. Um, and then some back-channel stuff I've gotten through other friends that think, like, my flip-out on Facebook and all is a publicity stunt. Because, one, it costs me money. I'm not sure I can quantify it, but there is no doubt that when I put up my posts in the morning about my item of the day, for instance, and I throw a tracking link on Facebook, that I don't, I can't tell who buys because I don't see that on on my affiliates. Like who buys is out, but I know a significant amount of tra of, of um, traffic comes from that, and I can see a significant amount of traffic comes to my website from Facebook. How much I can quantify that into dollars, I don't know. But let's say it costs me $10,000 a year. Let's say that over the next year I make $10,000 less so I'm not on Facebook. I don't care. It's not a publicity stunt. I'm not coming back. When they threatened to take away something that you guys built, because I made a post to a video by a doctor giving his opinion, it was too much. I'm done. I invite you to join me, but I don't have any ill will if you want to stay behind. If you're not ready, I mean, I should have done it years ago, and I didn't. I understand. But I did also talk to, like, two or three different people that are like, man, I I can't say what you can say. I can't say that if I don't make the revenue that I make from Facebook um, that I'm okay. And I don't mean, you know, mentally okay with it. I mean, like, I, there's people struggling to survive right now. And, for instance, what they're selling on Facebook Marketplace is making up the difference. One of my friends has found a particular niche I don't want to give away, but he's getting a certain product very cheap, and he's selling it for like three times what he's paying for it, and he's selling them as fast as he can get them. And it's almost 100% through Facebook Marketplace, and nothing sells on Craigslist like that anymore for him. So, use it. That doesn't mean you need to be contributing to groups. That doesn't mean that you need to be doing, like, just... If that's if all you're doing is making your money because you're selling on Facebook Marketplace, 
Just do that. Take and don't give. You know, I, I did some stuff on social media and marketing early on for entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I said, it's true. If you want to be successful on a platform like Facebook, you have to prime the pump. When we drill a new well and we drill down to the water table, and if you hook up your pump at the top of your, your casing, you turn the pump on, it goes, it'll keep doing that until it burns up. No water comes out of the well. Before you get the water out of the well, you take other water and you fill the standpipe, and then you can pump all the water you want. Prime the pump. And when you go into social media, you do have to prime a pump. You don't just go in and all of a sudden have 100,000 followers. You generally, especially if you're a brand or a marketer, you have to bring people with you. You have to tell people you're there. Then you start to form a community. It coalesces, and then it grows. Well, that means that all the value is in you, not them. You can do that somewhere else. And if you can't afford to lose money, then only take. Don't give them anything. Everything you do to add content is adding value. You're working for free for Facebook. You're working for free for Twitter. And it's, it's more than just you're doing it. You're literally being sold. They're selling you. They're digital pimps. I'm like, I don't need a pimp. I can represent myself. Thank you. They're pimping you out. If you, if you ever really want to see how pimped out you are, start digging into your settings and find the advertisers you're associated with. It should be enough to wake you up. Now, whenever I do something like this, well, Discord's, mine's, and like 20 other platforms. You should go here, you should go there. I almost didn't go look at Gab because I expected it to be like these other platforms I just mentioned. And when I did go look this morning, because somebody on YouTube told me, I was like, okay, great. Yeah, this looks like it works. I'm going to do this. Most of these other platforms, I am going to prime the pump with a platform. I'm going to tell my audience, here I am. If you want to communicate with me, if you want to set up a group or whatever, this is where we're at. right? I'm going to say, I'm going to the bar. This is the bar I'm going to be at. Come join us for a drink. That's, that's kind of what's going on here. If I tell you to come to a bar and you get there, and you're asked to like stand on your head and pick your nose and, and show your butt before they let you in, you're gonna be, I don't care if Jack's here, I'm gonna leave. Like if it's inconvenient or seems ridiculous or just seems complicated, like I just wanted to go have a beer. I just wanted to go chat with friends, right? It's the same thing. Discord, I set it up. It's like now set your Discord server up. I'm like, oh, screw that. Ugh. And I know it's just filling out a form, but I'm like, okay, 90% of people I see send here are going to be like, screw that, and they're not going to do it. Um, mine's trying to get it to connect to the Ethereum so you can get crypto. It's like, I just, no. Social media needs to be straightforward. So the person, a person with an IQ of like 90 or higher can go set it up and start using it right away and understands how it works. And it, 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 people are adverse enough to something new that's why getting people to leave Facebook is hard. Like, go over and try Gab. I don't know. It's not because they really love Facebook. It's because it's familiar and it's comfortable. Same reason people stay in abusive or outdated, worn-out relationships. But you can't make it complicated then. It has to be easy. So I'm not going to work any platform that when I go to sign up with it is anything other than fill out a form, click a, click a confirmation link, and start using it. I'm just not. Um... 
I'm also not going to build my own platform. I had a bunch of people reach out this weekend and on social media and what have you. We should have our own platform. You, you know what? You won't use it. If you won't use Gab or, or Parler or, or, or MeWe, if you won't use one of those three and I go build you a platform, you won't use it. I can take a, a, a platform uh, extension called BuddyPress, and by tomorrow I can basically have a clone of Facebook on the survivalpodcast.com. You'll be able to share files. You'll be able to message each other. You'll be able to connect with friendships, and and you won't use it. I built two other sites using it. One's Granddaddy's Gun. It's still there. Another one was 13 Skills. Nobody used it. Nobody used it at any level. These platforms, even you know platforms like MeWe, have millions of people on them already. It's much easier to start there. Parlor, in particular... I find this very encouraging. Last week was a top 10 app in the App Store on iTunes. They were number nine. The nine, ninth most downloaded app in the entire App Store. That's something in the millions. I don't know what millions, but that's something in the number of millions of people. And so I think the platforms that are going to be effective are going to be the ones that can actually attract people and are already doing so, or new platforms that will. I'm not going to build a platform. My final thoughts on this, I know this was like some of you probably listened to this one in spite of yourself and like, ah, I don't care about social. I get it. I get it. I get that this is just not for some people. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it is for you, why are you going to be somebody else's property? Why are you going to let somebody sell you? Zuckerberg sells you. Twitter sells you. And why use browsers of companies that say they sell you? I mean, if nothing else, change your browser and change your messenger app. The more you can encrypt, the better, man. Your government is spying on its own people on a daily basis. Don't make it any easier for them. Really don't. And, and, and consider, like, you know, some, if, you, just, if, if you have a YouTube channel, set up a library account. Start following people over there. And I'll tell you the other thing. Library, I think, is something that has a, a, a real chance to take off on, on a whole new level. If you have a couple or three YouTube uh, channels that you really like and you'd like to see them on library, reach out to them. It's filling out a couple forms, and then technology takes over, and they don't even have to go to library ever again if they don't want to, and they'll still make some money maybe. They'll have to go over there and claim it once in a while or what have you. And if you use library, they'll pay you to watch videos. It's not a lot, but you know you can get a little bit of money every day just by watching and sharing other people's videos. And then you can use that to tip. You know, you don't have to. It, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Could be a couple bucks a week, but then you can then take it and give it back to the creators that you like. So that's something. Even if you're not the social media type, because a lot of people say I don't use social media and they love YouTube. Well, what if you could find all your creators on library and tell Google to, to piss off? So all you have to do is tell them, hey, and, and what I think I'll do, I might do like a tutorial on exactly how to import your content because it's easy. Anybody that can use YouTube as a producer can figure it out, but it is a little quirky just because it's like it's two steps. Like, man, if you have a YouTube account, please get it on live. Please have a backup. You don't know. I, I know you're going to be like, yeah, my channel's on model airplanes. They're not going to shut my channel down. You don't know that. 
There's been people purged for nothing to do with their channel of in itself being wrong, but because they were associated with somebody else who was getting purged. That's your work. That's your effort. You know, that's the other thing. Like I said, you know, Facebook, your data is not your data. It's their data. You can't download your data. You can't move your data. Man, that is the abusive, that is the abusive boyfriend telling the girlfriend, you can't take your stuff with you when you leave. You can leave anytime you want, but you can't take your stuff with you. Fortunately, it's all electronic. You can make copies of it. But it's, it's labor-intensive, isn't it? I'm telling you. Also, my last, last thing on this. If you're a brand and you're just starting to build your brand, don't build it on these platforms. Then you'll be in my position. This is not without cost. This is not without cost. Leaving Facebook does cost me something. Leaving Twitter does cost me something. But it's worth it. Walking to freedom is not just something that you do in the face-to-face -face world. It's something you can do in the virtual world. And walking to freedom is not just about the state you live in. It's about your state of mind. And But the easiest way is never go there in the first place. Don't build your brand on these platforms. Because... You're building something for somebody else that you don't own. Use an alternative. With that, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Let me remind you, if you like the work I do here and you want to help support us, there's a couple ways you can do that. First thing you can do to help us out is you can become a member of the site. You'll get discounts to a lot of really great companies to buy things you're probably going to buy anyway over the next year. By the end of the year, if you do the math, you'll figure out that you got your money back and maybe got a little bit more back than you put in. That's a really a win-win situation, isn't it, right? I mean, that's, that's what I tried to do. I tried to make MSB where it could pay my bills, but it didn't really cost anything if you'd use the benefits to it. Check it out today. Just go to the survivalpodcast.com and click on members. It comes out to about 18 cents an episode. Hopefully you feel the show's worth 18 cents an episode. Anyway, next up, the other way you can do it is do your online shopping at tspaz.com. T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Um, If you go there, you'll see all the stuff that I've recommended and reviewed over the years. And as long as you start your shopping there, no matter what you buy, whether it's something I've reviewed or you buy anything online uh, through tspaz.com, you'll be able to uh, support the show and the work that we do. Uh, what I have for you today is something I've been meaning to write up, but I hadn't had the time to write up for a while. Uh, it is a garden trowel. You know, a little shovel you dig a hole with in your garden. Now, you, you would think that there's no need for me to recommend a garden trowel unless you've bought garden trowels and then you know... There's probably a reason for me to recommend a garden trowel. In my opinion, they're up there with hose nozzles for being pieces of crap. By the way, I got a new hose nozzle for you coming out this week, too, that goes with the other two I recommend. It's just awesome. Um, but the trowel I have for you is made by A.M. Leonard, A.M. Leonard Company. Uh, I got down between this and, uh, and uh, possibly buying one from a com company called DeWitt, D-E-W-I-T. They're uh, a Dutch company. They make really good stuff, too. Um, but... They make a trowel very similar to the way other people do, even though the metal is a lot better quality. You got basically uh, a piece of square steel going into a wooden handle. And over time, that wood handle can loosen. And I was never able to confirm exactly what that looked like on the interior. Was it full tang, etc.? So I ended up coming down on the AM Leonard one. What I found with trowels, and I bought good trowels, I bought them from like Corona. Uh, for one example, of a, of a company, Fiskers, you know. I'm not like, I'm, I'm like, buy the $8 trowel and then bitch when it falls apart on me. But my God, they're all crap. 
And all of the ones that are like a rubber handle, a plastic handle, whatever, like the rubber breaks down and gets sticky and gooey, or the plastic gets brittle and falls off or gets loose, and it's all shit. And then my dogs seem to love any kind of garden tool with a handle on it, eat the handle. Right? So I was like, what I want is a solid tool. Why can't the whole tool be made out of metal? So i like, yeah, I'll look for that. So I started looking for that. Tons of people do it. Stainless steel and aluminum both. Read the reviews. They're all shit. They're all garbage. They're all thinly made, and people have pictures of chips broken out of them, bent, whatever. It's like it's a hand trial. You can't. You're not chipping away rock in the side of a face of a mountain with it. It shouldn't break. It shouldn't chip. It shouldn't bend. It shouldn't buckle. It's make the damn thing thick enough that it won't happen. And I remembered Am Leonard, and. I started looking to see what they had, and they have some that are probably good tools, but they're plastic handle, whatever. Then there's one solid forged aluminum, end to end, and it's got a rubber covering on the handle, but if that rubber covering ever rots off or something, it won't matter. It's still functional. And I found a post. I wish I could find it to link to it from the review. I couldn't find it again when I was doing this research. This is how much research I do for a freaking garden trial. Yes, because it's all crap. That's why. And so... I found this one review, and a guy had a picture of his old one and his new one. And he said he lost his old one, and he was pretty disgusted with it. And he was like, I don't know if they're going to be the same, So, but he ordered another one. And then he had his new one. He was very happy that they, they didn't change them at all. And he finally finds, after almost two years, his old one somehow got buried in his compost pile. And when he finally got to the bottom of the pile, there it was laying at the bottom. It had some pitting in the aluminum. And the, the, the rubber coating on the handle was a little bit faded, but it still was perfectly fine. And I was, okay, I found it. That's what I'm looking for in a trowel. It, you know, you can't leave it outside. It's a garden trowel. I should be able to hang it up on the, you know, the, the post sticking up out of my garden bed. It should be able to stay there forever. It's a garden trowel. It's aluminum. It doesn't rust. Aluminum sits on the ground for a thousand years. It doesn't rust. It's aluminum. Why can't, why do I have to treat it like a $500 knife. Why can't you build the YouTube? Well, apparently A.M. Leonard can. And they have been building it the exact same way since 1959. Then I found out Elliot Coleman. Yeah, Elliot Coleman recommends this trial. I'm, I'm done. That's it. That's the trial I'm recommending. Disclosure on price. Uh, they're like $20, $22.50. Right? So that's not really expensive. It's not cheap. You can buy a garden trial for 8 bucks. You'll throw it away next year. Right? Always be frugal. Never be cheap. But I was like, I wonder... Like, is that really a good deal? So I looked up A.M. Leonard's website. You can buy it for about 14 bucks on A.M. Leonard's website. So it's, what, 10, bu 10 bucks, uh, 8 bucks less, right? Um, or 12 bucks less, is what it's, or 11, whatever it is, right? It's, it's less. But the shipping's $11. And the real cost ends up being $2.40 more if you buy it directly from A.M. Leonard than getting it off of Amazon. I'll also tell you that A.M. Leonard sells their stuff on Amazon differently. They don't have it stocked in Amazon warehouses. Basically, you're buying through Amazon. You're getting it directly from A.M. Leonard. They ship from A.M. Leonard because that's how it came to me when I bought mine. That means you're not going to get it tomorrow like you do a lot of stuff on Amazon. But it costs less, and you can do business through T-SPAS. If you want to buy more than one thing from A.M. Leonard, the reason I'm disclosing this is it might be cheaper to buy direct and not use T-SPAS. I always try to be honest about that. Um, but if you're tired of having garbage in your garden, 
I'm trying to find the core things every gardener needs to use and the very best of the very best. That's why I did the hose nozzle research. That's why I'm doing this. I know it's a small thing, but small things are what enable our lives in a big way. So check this one out again. If Elliot Coleman says it's good, it's good. If they made it the same way since 1959, it's good. Um, and solid forged aluminum that's thick enough to not... I mean, if you break or bend this, I don't know what you're doing with a garden trowel. I mean, if you start hitting it with a hammer, I guess, I, I, that's about it. It's really, really, really well made and made in America. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up with our song of the day today. As I said in the beginning, kind of leaving these platforms is weird. It's almost like leaving a relationship behind. It shouldn't be, but it is. And I'll tell you why it feels that way. Because it's lots of relationships. It's like the if you have a club that you go to all the time, a bar, and you know a ton of people in that bar, when you say you, if you go somewhere else, let's say you get on the wagon, you don't drink anymore, so you don't want to be at a bar, you don't go there anymore. You say you miss the bar. You don't miss the bar. You miss the people. But those people aren't that place. And you can see those people at other places or in other ways. The people that are close to you, like family and friends and all, text them, call them, email them. You don't need social media for them. Social media is for the larger group of people. And you know how you tell kids when you have to move? You'll make new friends. This song's really not about that. It's called Open Road. It's by Jude Cole. He's a dude that's really, really underrated. I think I've got a song for you today that a lot of you are going to be like, I've never heard of this guy. I've never heard this song. And I don't do that a lot. Um, but this song is about leaving behind a relationship and basically a trucker making his new home the road itself. But I chose it today because life is an open road. It's up to us where we go and what we do with our time. It's up to us what we go and we do with our talents. And when it comes to social media, we're putting out what we do and what we love. And we're turning it into content. We probably shouldn't do that on behalf of people that see us as a commodity to be sold. With that, it's been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Black robe, Georgia trees Midnight moon, just stay with me Like a lighthouse in the sky Let these 18 wheels fly Woke up this morning In a motel fire Broken hearted I'm gonna drive Through the night Down the open
Down the hall. 